0: Welcome back. A PSA for those who don't follow the Best Years Instagram page, which this is a uh, sign that you should. I've changed my posting schedule to every other Sunday due to the crazy, crazy schedule I have for this semester. So this week I am starting a new segment called Coffee Chats. It's an attempt to touch on several different topics by making everything casual and open. Um, I'm joined with Lily Smith, a sophomore at Mercyhurst University, to discuss campus reactivation, the difficulties of making friends during these times, and campus diversity. I hope you enjoy, and here's the episode. Why, hello there, Lily. How's it going? Hi, Louisa. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. It's I don't know. You've been one of the guests that I've just been... So excited to have, because we have these very, we have great conversations, you know?
1: True. Yes, I'm excited.
0: Sweet. Do you want to give us, like, your college introduction, your name, your major, what year, fun fact, go.
1: So, my name is Lily. I go to Mercyhurst University. It's in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, if you don't know where that is, uh, Erie is about two hours from Pittsburgh. I am a double major in political science and public history and museum studies. So yeah, I love it here. I'm enjoying my time. Very nice. Do you have like a fun fact you'd like to share? A fun fact? Let me think. <laughs> um, I love watching the sunset. I try to watch it as much as I can.
0: That is so sweet. I don't know about Yuri, but Ithaca has some pretty good sunsets. It honestly depends on the day, but going to the slope and just chilling with your friends, watching the sunset over the hill is chef's kiss. It's beautiful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have a little spot too. It's not quite as much of a slope as at Cornell, but (laughs) it's a little bit of a hill. So I try to go there almost every night to watch it. And it's so pretty.
0: Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So I just like, I don't know. First, I wanted to talk about your first week back. I want you to let, um, you know, this audience know how school has been going for the first week, and like Mercyhurst's reactivation approach.
1: So I got here on August. I think it was August 16th or 17th. Moved in. That whole process was very smooth. Um, our school did not require us to get tested, which is interesting to me no shade but definitely interesting um and then as for classes it's a mix of in person and on zoom so I've been liking that personally because I learned so much better in person so I'm thankful that we're not all online and then the dining hall is a bit interesting because it's mostly takeout now but my friends and I try to sit in there whenever we can just to have some sense of normalcy it's just it's strange that this is the new normal walking around campus and barely seeing people there are people that I normally would have seen last year all the time that I haven't yet this year just because everyone's mostly staying to themselves you know we're staying in our rooms our apartments um so that's interesting but I am happy to be back overall and I would say that Mercyhurst is doing a pretty good job of trying to make things as normal as they can be for us right now.
0: That's good. I'm, I don't know. I think a part of me is a little scared. Cornell has really, you know, they went all in in terms of like testing us regularly. Like how do you feel about not being tested um, and not even knowing like if there are cases on your campus
1: That's the thing where, again, I love my school with all my heart, but I do think that's kind of interesting that, again, we're not getting tested at all. And I understand that it's a little bit of a difference because Cornell is a pretty big school and we have, I think, around 4,000 undergrads. So there's a very drastic difference there. Um, However, yeah, it does make me nervous not knowing and... At, at this point, I'm taking it as no news is good news, but at the same time, I'm sure there are cases that we just don't know about.
0: Governor Cuomo um, just just recently um, said that if cases get reach 100 um, on campuses in New York, then classes will have to be online. I think for two weeks. Um, I know. I think it's SUNY on e- I don't know how to say it. Sunianta. Onianta. Um had 682 cases. Um and they've completely shut down and that's I I don't even know how big that school is but just from the sound of it it doesn't sound very big and that's just like a very scary thought because their numbers got so high and they're not even a large school.
1: That is scary and again That's why, even though we're not getting tested and that would help, I think. um, I still think that Mercy Harris is doing a pretty good job um, of, like, keeping an eye on the students and making sure that we're following the rules, you know, because how? How are there 600 cases? You know what I mean? Like, did the school not make any rules to do that? So that's crazy, and I hope that doesn't happen here.
0: Yeah. Is your school, do they have um, any punishment for people that break rules like what does that look like? Yeah.
1: So they set you up with a hearing. So they you basically get to like go talk to whoever's in charge, um, kind of state your case, explain why you were doing what you were doing. And say it's a first time offense and say you were were just caught with your mask down or something. You would probably just get a talking to a warning, they'd let you off the hook. But then if that keeps happening I'm pretty sure there are fines and suspension would also be in the cards. So for example, I'm pretty sure one of the sports teams threw a party one of the first weeks we were here and they all had to do community service. And I think they were threatened with suspension. I'm not sure if that actually is true, but community service hours is usually the punishment. And then later on, if you keep making these offenses, it's suspension and fines.
0: I mean, it's good that they're, you know, holding people to... Yeah. What they're doing, you know?
1: For sure. Campus police is on it.
0: (laughs) Something that I've noticed, um, I don't really know what the whole party scope is here at Cornell. I've heard of uh, sports teams throwing parties, and that's where the majority of our cases, from what I know, I'd have to fact check, but that's where the majority of our cases have stemmed from. That would be um, off-campus parties from, sports teams. And just something that I found interesting, I'm sure some fraternity parties have, or there have been fraternity parties. And I don't know, from what I've heard, there have been a couple, but again, like the majority of these cases have come from sports. And I don't know, there's just like almost this irony in it because you think like fraternity brothers and sorority sisters would be going crazy right now, but you know, for the most part, they're following the rules, which I was, you know, shocked to see and hear about. And the most wholesome thing happened. It wasn't even, I don't know if you could call it wholesome, but it was wholesome for frat bros. Like I was walking down one of the streets in college, in college town. And, you know, we have annexes here and there's like a pong table on the front lawn. And I kid you not, there were fraternity brothers playing pong But they were wearing their masks and social distancing and i just like for some reason that literally cracked me up because that's just not something you'd ever expect to see like last year if you told me like i'd see fraternity brothers like staying six feet apart wearing masks i would have left like i think that's so funny
1: yeah (laughs) that's not what you would think of chad and brad but they're stepping up their game which is good
0: Yeah. If Chad and Brad can do it, literally, literally anyone anyone can can do it. it.
1: (laughs) We can all do this together. Yes.
0: Another thing I like wanted to talk about today was staying connected with people during these uncertain times. And how has it been for you in terms of making friends or just staying connected with current friends?
1: So at school, I have been trying to hang out with my friends as much as I can. And that being said, I'm trying to be safe at the same time. You know, whenever I go to someone's, someone else's um, room, for example, I'll wash my hands. Um, I've been trying to hang out with people that mostly live in my building, and so I've been trying to spend as much time with them as I can because, as we realize, life is short and we could get sent home any moment. So, I've been trying to enjoy their company a lot. And then, as for my friends from Rochester, like you. I try to keep texting them whenever I can, FaceTime. Um, I like to send people things that remind me of them, like if it's a song or like something I see outside, I'll send a picture to them and say, thinking of you or something like that. But I'm definitely realizing the importance of not only friendship, but just realizing that you need to appreciate what you have and the people in your life are a huge part of that.
0: It's really hard Especially now, um, I'm trying to be extra careful about who I choose to see. Um, I'm really lucky to live with one of my really close friends. So, you know, we're able to do things together. But in general, I just try to limit the people that I come in contact with just recently, too, because cases have really spiked here in Ithaca. But I've just found it like, I don't know, I'm not usually the person to be like socially exhausted after I hang out. Like with someone, I usually feel energized, you know? But I I feel like whenever I've talked to people like over Zoom or if I've had Zoom meetings, I just had like two um, for different clubs. And and that's not the same, I guess, as like socializing with friends. But I just feel so drained from that. And I I really don't think, and it's weird because I don't think I would have felt that way if it was in person, which there's sort of like an irony in that you have to be more present when you're there physically. But I don't know. I just, I feel this like disconnect when I'm talking to people virtually and it just, it just really sucks. And I just, I miss seeing people in classes and meeting people that way too. That's like one of the biggest ways in which I met some of my friends last year was just turning around and saying hi to the person next to me, you know?
1: I totally agree with that. And I feel the same sort of exhaustion you're describing. Um, Just because I feel like, there's an extra layer of pressure when you're on zoom for example because when you're with a bunch of people i'm sure you've had this happen where you try to say something but then someone tries to speak at the same time and then it takes forever to figure out who should talk first so there's that problem and then half the time someone's mic isn't working so it just takes all this extra effort to be talking and it does take a toll on you it's exhausting and yeah it's just so much nicer especially for clubs and stuff to like just be with people. I definitely feel more comfortable in person like that, but obviously that's not really an option for most
0: club meetings at this time. I think also another thing in terms of like, I I was friends with like a couple of seniors last year. She came down and we, you know, we slid on the slope and it was really, really nice. But just like other people, like other people that have graduated, I just, I miss having their presence and just like having that friendship. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, some of the people last year that I met who have graduated were my closest friends, and to not see them every day and to not be able to talk to them every day is just so hard because they've been such a big part of your life, and it feels like it's just sad. That's all I have to say. I don't mean to make this depressing, but...
1: I completely understand that, Lou, because this emphasizes that, like... So many relationships are temporary, and I don't like that. I struggle with that, um, and I would say the same thing. There were a few history majors that were seniors last year, so they graduated, and I wouldn't say necessarily that we were close, but they were in so many of my classes, and I got to learn so much from them, from them. and we would say hi when we saw each other out and about, and I miss them, and I miss having their like energy inspire me, I guess mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and also just seeing people in the dining hall again like I would have friends that I'm not really that close with but I would see them in the dining hall and maybe sit with them and chat with them for a bit and that's just totally gone this year.
0: It's such a strange dynamic and I just it, it's weird <laughs> in the words of Harry Potter um, I don't mean to like <laughs> be that person but I just remember Ew, I like literally hate that I'm saying this I apologize in advance but do you know in like the order in the phoenix and he's like back at school but no one believes him like about that you know who is back yeah yeah and like because no one believes him he feels so isolated and alone and like one of the quotes that I remember that I like completely relate to now like despite being back I feel more alone than ever I really resonate with that and it's really sad no but I understand that completely and
1: I'm gonna connect this also also to the grade we're in. Um, we're sophomores now, and I feel like with freshman year, even though ours got cut short, we still had so much fun and there's just like an excitement and a freshman a freshness, excuse me, of course, to being a freshman and it's just so much fun and then I think that sparkle and that excitement kind of like fizzles out gradually, not to say that I don't love college still because I absolutely do, but I think that's definitely part of it for you and I is that, you know, we're not freshmen anymore. Like we're not like the new and exciting and all of that. And we're trying to find out who we're really meant to be friends with and who was kind of just there for us in the beginning and maybe that connection fizzled out. So Mm -hmm. it's just hard to navigate. And I definitely understand you feeling isolated.
0: A big part of freshman year was just making and like creating relationships with people whether that's like people that you lived with on your floor even if you only hung out with them for a day you know what i mean and a lot of those core friendships like are established freshman year and you know a lot of those groups fizzle out like even towards the end of your senior year like that's that's true but i think something that i regret is not taking full advantage of being a freshman and being in the place of being in a new environment where no one knows you. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I loved it completely. That's why I, if I could do it all over again, I would. I loved freshman year. I loved every second of it. And that is part of the reason why is because you get to create this new identity for yourself and because you can hang out with all types of people because nobody knows you yet. And you just, there's all these opportunities that to be honest, you won't get any of your other years. And it's just it's so much fun. And it's just like a new thing every day.
0: I, of course I like, I'm so sad that I didn't get to like finish on a normal note, but I feel so ready to just grow as a person and just not even like grow up because that sounds like too real and too soon (laughs) because I'm like not ready to like enter the workforce. And that's like scary. Like that's like two years from now that's insane to me or even early if you choose to graduate early like which is something i'm considering it's just weird how time especially during times like this obviously like day by day time passes so slowly at least that's personally how i feel but when you step back and look at the big picture and you see how much time has elapsed since march 13th like the day we were sent home to now it's been nearly eight months, which like completely. It's insane. Like, ob- like I cannot believe that much time has passed yet. Every day is so incredibly slow.
1: I feel that I always feel like the days are slow, but then the weeks and the months somehow somehow um, go by pretty quickly. Yeah, and a lot of the time, like I still almost can't believe that we're back because on one hand it feels exactly the same, and it feels like we never left, but on the other hand as you said, five or six months have passed since we've seen a lot of our friends, since we've been back in this environment. And it feels like a trip, to be Mm, honest. Like, it does not feel real half the time that we're actually here.
0: No, I completely agree with that. I also think just like during that time, I changed so much as a person. I don't know if that's just me. I think having that time allowed me to refocus obviously it was like really challenging to stay sane be emotionally stable because it was so novel and like this had like never happened before like this is something we're gonna be telling our grandchildren and children and for me probably just my dog but (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) um but I think like as a person quarantine has aided in who I am at present which I think I'm I'm thankful for and I know, I've know i been able to like revisit my goals and my values. I've been able to sort of analyze the friendships I had and part ways with some friendships, which is not a bad thing. Like, I think that's one of the main things from quarantine is that some friendships just have to part and that's life. And maybe they'll come back in the future, but it's just, there's just so much out of your control.
1: Yeah, no, completely. Um... I definitely feel like it's helped me grow. Quarantine helped me grow as a person too, um, and it helped me see and identify my flaws, but also my strengths. And honestly, I am an introvert, so this is not to say that quarantine wasn't hard for me because it was still like being an introvert does not mean that you don't like having friends. I love my friends. It just means that I do value time on my own. So. While I was struggling, believe me, I was struggling like any other person, being so isolated and only being able to see my family. Um, It made me grateful for who I am because growing up, I lived in a different part of town than my friends. So I was kind of used to not seeing them as frequently as other people. And I feel like that gave me an advantage. That and also just being pretty independent, I would say, gave me an advantage at this time because I wasn't used to just running across the street and saying hi to my best friend. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how I grew up. So in that aspect, I feel like I was, I don't want to say more prepared because it was horrible still. yeah, yeah, I was able to kind of deal with it better, I guess, than some Mm
0: -hmm. would have. That's an interesting perspective. Um, I can't imagine also like if someone was we're like an only child, I'm very blessed to have a sister and you have three siblings, which is kept you, um, kept you busy.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually what my siblings and I tried to reflect on a lot is like my older sister is a senior in college. And then my brother, um, is a professional working in New York city. So he, visited us I think twice this summer and then Mimi was home my older sister and then my younger sister was also home too so it was mostly the three of us me and my two sisters and my mom and we were just kept saying like how grateful we were for the time together because realistically that's the most time we'll all be living under the same roof ever again you know because Mimi's going to graduate and she's going to get a job and move out so it definitely was nice having them. And I feel like as we've gotten older, we've all gotten closer. So it was a good time to get to spend with them.
0: Yeah. I, again, what you were saying, like, you'll never have that experience again, especially if you have siblings, like, like obviously you grew up together, but this was the last time where you'll be like living, living together as a whole, like, like unit nuclear family, you know?
1: Yeah, it's sad to think about. I love I love them, obviously, and it was fun getting to spend time with them.
0: On a lighter note, something that – this is horrible. Um, I swear I'm not, like, materialistic or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, quarantine has really – you'd really think that people would be spending their money because layoffs and furloughs and whatnot. Um, I didn't really have a job to begin with. Um, and you'd think people would be spending their money or saving their money, right? I mean, maybe not because interest rates, interest rates are so low, but anyway, that's, I don't know, that's to stimulate the economy, but that's a conversation for another, another time. Um, I have been spending all my money um, ordering stuff online because the only thing I, ha- I have to look forward to is literally something coming in the mail. Oh, me too. Isn't that so depressing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of sad, but at the same time, I don't know, I do always try to see the positives, and should I be saving my money more? Yes, but I have been doing the same thing, and I've been splurging, but at the same time, it truly does make me happy, (laughs) and like, I know that that can't be the only source of my happiness, and it's not, but I just ordered a new pair of shoes, for example, and I'm about to look fresh when I wear them. Like, You can bet that's going to make my day, so... Part of it is worth it. But yeah, I definitely understand that it's
0: a little out of control. A little out of control. So <laughs> it I, in. So our, my apartment, when I moved in, like, I was so confused because on the, like, appliances and list of things that were included, I could have sworn it said a television. But apparently it's just, like, cable. Like, you get cable. Which I don't – I've never even had cable. So, like, why would I even use it? So I – Opted for an alternative and I bought myself a mini projector. And I gotta tell you, one of the greatest investments that I've made, except I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I think I need an HDMI cable and I don't have one. So I have to order that too. Oh my god. Also, I think I live next to a haunted house. I don't know if I told you this. No. But my apartment building, I'm I live on the second floor. So like I have like direct view of their second floor. And dude, it is like hella scary. There's I don't think anyone lives there, first of all. It looks like a fraternity annex. If you go to the front of the house, all the windows and doors are boarded up. So it's like, like no one, no one's yeah. supposed to go in there. And then the top door, like the, oh my God, it, like, it's scary looking at it because there, there, there are like windows that are open and the screen door at the top because there's, like, an attic part, is, like, open. And sometimes it just swings. But the wooden door behind it is locked. And I love that. (laughs) It's, like, no, it, like, kind of scares me, because I feel like someone actually lives in there, and they can see me. Ew.
1: That's creepy. We have some haunted stories here, too. Yeah. So, well, basically, this year, and I swear on everything, that we have a ghost in our apartment. Oh, my God. Because one of my roommates has lost a fair amount of stuff, like a pair of shoes, a towel, all these like kind of random things. And none of us took it. So I I have two roommates. So there's three of us. And I swear her things just disappear. And then days later, they'll reappear. reappear. And we scour the entire apartment. So there has to be a ghost. And then last year, um, there was this like, common area with a bathroom on the first floor lobby of my building and there's a bathtub in there for some reason and there's a rumor that a girl gave birth in it and drowned her baby so I tried to stay away from that bathroom but yeah this is a pretty old school um it's also a catholic university so there's a lot of like stories and I believe in that stuff I am like a firm believer in like ghosts and spirits and all of that stuff
0: oh my god I have yet to be convinced, but...
1: I'll talk about like being a history major and how historic it is right now.
0: Yes, do that. Oh, wait, that's... No, very important. Go.
1: Basically, for my major, I understand that it might not be as tricky as a math major or science or STEM or anything like that, but I love it and I will stand by the fact that history is so important and... We can see that from right now. Like, it's so cool to me that I'm in the major of what's happening right now. Because what's happening right now is historic. You know, you have the coronavirus pandemic, obviously. And then you also have um, the Black Lives Matter movements and all these protests. And it's just, it's such a
0: historic time. I completely agree. And I think, I don't know, something to learn from history is like, we need to make sure it doesn't repeat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know how it is, like, on your campus. I follow a couple of pages on Instagram. Um, I think it's, like, I think there's one called Black Ivy Stories, um, and it sort of, like, reveals, yeah, um, like, these different injustices that are occurring on campuses. And even, like, at Cornell, which I, like, I mean, based on, like, the other schools, Cornell is has is less frequent in that and – I haven't seen as much as as much of that injustice here, Um, but it's really obviously it's still prevalent and I've seen like posts like the majority of them being at like Penn State and or not Penn State um, University of Pennsylvania and a lot of these schools and just like coming from professors, which really disgusts me, you know, because these are academics, you know.
1: Yeah. I think yeah you're definitely right a big thing i think we have to remember is that like again i don't know percentages but i would say let's say maybe half of them are just blatantly racist and ignorant the other half just do not know any better you know what i mean and it's things as simple as just i mean i'll say this right now um i am half black so i'm mixed i'm black and white And one of my friends that also goes to Mercyhurst, one of my closest friends here, um, is also black and white like me. And we both also happen to be tall. That being said, we don't look anything alike. And people mix us up for each other all the time. And, you know, we laugh with it. We go with it. But again, that's one of the things that honestly is an example of racism is like, oh, they're both tall and they're both biracial. So they must look alike. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, at certain schools, I've heard of a a black kid will win an award and they'll put the wrong picture in the newspaper. Are you serious? Because they're not paying close enough attention and because, quote, they all look the same. So I think it's trying to break out of that. And it's also trying to like, just explain that if someone is offended, just try to listen, try to change your perspective and yeah, it's about listening, it's about educating yourself, but I think in this day and age there's so many resources. There's podcasts, movies, forms of entertainment, there's so many books and there's your cell phone that has the internet. So I think it's on all of us to try and do a better job of keeping up with the times and trying to be actively anti-racist.
0: Yes, that is a very very good point. I especially as college students, we are so blessed to have the education we have and we have all the resources that we need to educate ourselves so yeah. if you if you are have any doubt of like where to look to get information if you think if you have a fixed mindset that oh like I, I don't need to learn this then you're I'm sorry but you're wrong and you need, to, you need to change your attitude and you need to learn something
1: yeah for sure yeah I know and that's again. It's just, it's a privilege to be in college and to be like in some form of higher education. And I think part of having that privilege is owning up to it and taking responsibility to educate yourself on the stuff that you might not learn in the classroom. Because yes, college is about the classes that you're taking, but it's also about like, first of all, learning to live on your own sort of. And also learning how to become a better citizen overall. And you don't just get that by going to Calc 1. You know what I mean? Like, you have to try to learn about society in whatever way you can.
0: College in itself, obviously, it's not at all, you know, equivalent to an actual society. But we are, it's a weird weird, weird way of putting it. But we, as like a campus, collectively, we are like a mini society. We're almost like an experiment where we're learning to interact with other people, we're learning to, like you were saying, adult. It's just practice for when you get into the real world, in all honesty. That's what it comes down to.
1: Definitely. And I think another thing that goes along with that is I know Cornell is very, very diverse. Um, I think you're lucky to be experiencing that. Um, There are days when I wish I'd chosen a school that's more diverse. Like I love this school again with all my heart, but that is one thing that I wish there was more of Um, because at least for you at Cornell, I think you're learning how to educate yourself on diversity as a whole because so many of your peers are Mm -hmm. different nationalities and everything. Um, But here I think it's almost more important that again, people do this research on their own because Yes. Okay. You're at Mercyhurst, a predominantly white institution, but what happens when you leave and you go get a job in a big city? You know what I mean? You need to learn how to interact with people who don't look like you. And in a lot of big cities, that's, that's how it is.
0: Yeah. You're so right. I, what is like the population or like, like how diverse is Mercyhurst?
1: I could not tell you. Um, we do have like a fair share, I would say, of international students. Um, Most of them are athletes, but I would say, I I truly do not know, so I don't want to speak on it, but it Mm -hmm. is predominantly
0: white. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have, like, the privilege, like, as being a white person, I, I obviously already have an established privilege, and I already see, I don't know, like, Cornell is diverse in some cases, but I... I think it could be more diverse. I see more people that look like me on campus. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. And I don't know, I've never been in the situation where I've been the minority. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't really know what that's like and that's why I think that's why it's hard for so many white people to there's like almost this like ego, I guess. And they they're, they're unable to understand what it's like because they've never actually been in that situation. And I think that's that's really the importance of being empathetic and trying to put your personal views aside and just to step in someone else's shoes.
1: For sure. Yeah. And again, I think that goes back to how you were raised. I consider myself so lucky. I'm grateful every day for how I was raised to literally just love everyone give everyone a chance until they prove otherwise to you and to judge people based on how they act, not how they look. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are raised in households where they are taught, Oh, be wary of people if they don't look like you and all that stuff. So I think again, it comes down to, especially being at college, being away from your family's influence, trying to form your own beliefs, I believe is so important, especially if you were raised to be cautious, you know, like maybe test out the waters, talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to see, you know, give people a chance. And I, I definitely agree that that's so important.
0: The moral of the story. And I don't want to say that because it's not, it's not just a story. It's people's lives. It's a movement. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not just like this one thing. And it's, there's so many different elements that, you know, attribute to this, but, If anything, just be kind, you know? Be kind. Be willing to educate yourself and vote in November. That's like all I'm saying.
1: Oh, for sure. Drop a vote. Vote. Go out and vote. If you have drop a vote while you're at it.
0: (laughs) If you haven't registered,
1: stop listening to this
0: and go go register. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Um just thought
0: I'd throw that in there.
1: I will say I just love being on campus. It's beautiful here. Um, It's pretty small, which I like. So most of my classes are like five, ten at the most minutes away from each other. Um, And I just love it. I love walking around, you know, there's trees, there's brick buildings. Um, Our main building, Old Main, um, is known to kind of remind people of Hogwarts. And then we have these beautiful flowers. They're pink, red, and white, I believe. Um, that are in front of the main building, and then we also have gates that you pull through um, for the main entrance, and it's just beautiful, and again, I'm so grateful to be here, and being in a beautiful environment such as this one really does affect my mood, you know, just walking around
0: and taking it all in. That's good. That makes me, that makes me happy. Even though it's weird, like, honestly, just being back has it's so much better than just sitting at home, you know?
1: Yeah. So I agree completely.
0: I think you have to just put, again, everything into perspective and, you know, count your blessings in yeah, the end.
1: For sure. Yeah. I try to do that a lot and yeah, I'm just so happy to be back and to be seeing people again and a uh, human connection really is just, that's it. That is all you need. Like, I've been trying to say hi to people that I normally wouldn't. I don't know. I just think it's so important and you never know like the impact you're going to have on someone's day. So I try to be nice always.
0: Thank you, Lily. Um, This has been a pleasure. Um, I, I always love hearing your insight and I always love talking to you. You're just genuinely a very good human being and yeah. I Thank want you, you to be me. a part of my wedding or something, like be oh my, my bridesmaid. Oh my yes. God. Who's going to marry me, though? <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> going to end it there. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. You know what's even better than listening to this podcast? Recommending it to a friend and returning for future episodes. Make sure to follow Best Years on Instagram at Best Years Podcast and to like us on Facebook at Facebook.com Best Years Podcast. This show is edited, hosted, produced, and managed by Louisa Welty, and the intro music is by Sean Yu. Thanks for tuning in.